0: Can you think right off the top of your head what you can actually control in life and what things we waste time and energy believing that we can control? Today we are talking about risk as it relates to control and how our outward behavior indicates what our childhood experience of chaos might have been like, which ironically defines how we deal with risk a very important business topic for leaders driving change in the 21st century. I'm Robin Gregory, Chief Alchemist at Mobile a digital transformation platform solution built from 25 years of experience moving internal cultures organically that are shifting large entities into an agile mindset and cloud-based system that can evolve with change. In Eric Fromm's work, To Have or To Be, published in 1976, he says on the cover, if we were consciously aware of what we really know about ourselves and others, we could not go on living as we do, accepting so many lies. When Eric wrote the book, he touted that America was the country closest to a breakthrough into a new consciousness. To have or to be. This is still the question. C.K. Murray, on the other hand, wrote Neuro Linguistic Programming in 2016. And I quote from the book, changing your filter begins by acknowledging that it can be changed. It starts by acknowledging that two people can look at one thing and see two totally different pictures. So let's talk about things we can't control and things we can Keeping in mind that the key is really letting go of control and paying attention to mindset and your energy and your body to gain that peace that allows you to see multiple ways of looking at something, multiple solutions, situations, and risks for approaching your business problem. I'm an entrepreneur, so you know that I understand risk too. They're control freaks. I've heard people use this phrase before, and once in a blue moon, I know I've referenced it too. But we use this term loosely. Do we think about what it really means when we say it? And do we exhibit characteristics of being one, a controlling person, ourselves? The definition here is about someone who needs to control the narrative, the circumstances, the result, If that's true, and they're not in charge of strategy or giving a eulogy, then we can call it having an agenda. And this is not a bad thing when it's the right thing to have. But you have to be consciously aware of just that. Is an agenda the right thing to have right now? Is this the time to know every detail? And or are we too attached to the outcome of our own baby, our project, something we really want? Should we release control, decentralized decisions, and have faith and trust on our people to do what we need to succeed? This might be a big ask for people. An article in Psychology Today titled Control Freak by Glenn Cruston, PhD, I kept hanging around from 2012, talks about how individuals need for control can reveal how they were dealt with in childhood regarding risk aversion. To go back to Eric, they may not even be consciously aware of their approach. Risk is a big aspect and a vital subject for being successful in business. And it's really important to self-review and understand how you approach risk in a very conscious way. You have to be ready to take risks if you're leading a digital transformation today. But what you don't have to do is take them all by yourself and or let them run amok. There are different ways of handling risk in agile software development life cycles. And it's the psychological toolbox that transformations use the most and get the most bang for their buck in terms of digital risk. But in psychology... This phrase describes one of multiple personality impulse disorders. This particular one depicts a person's attempt to control the order of things with behavior that often uses a dictatorial approach to undermine others unconsciously or consciously. It has a negative connotation due to the undermine aspect, for sure, but often risk aversion can look like this control freak definition, unless you have a plan to deal with it, because the nerves get hold of you, and you start to second guess other people and what they're doing. And that can mean you begin to undermine Dr. Paul Slovic, a risk expert and professor of psychology at Oregon University, is quoted in the article I referenced earlier, and he says, the less that we feel in control, the less willing we are to take a risk. On the beach one summer, I read this book called The Elephant Brain. I was unexpectedly pleased to become immersed again in the topic of human consciousness or unconsciousness, even though authors Kevin Simler and Robin Hansen both used primates as the central analogy throughout the book, not just the elephants. Like humans, though, they talk about how we would rather believe that we have no ill or unconscious motives or less desirable traits for being successful in love, in business, or anything that we desire to achieve. Sometimes, though, These unconscious motives reveal themselves without our permission. And if we're lucky enough to have an honest friend, we can choose to acknowledge and rid ourselves, or at least begin to understand what we might do unconsciously, given certain circumstances that make us feel the risk aversion. But often, risk averse is a finger-pointing projectionist. But this is another entire podcast whole different circumstance and situation. Right now, I'm interested in giving a bit more context, but I'm looking forward to going through a list of things that we can control. I think that we all need to remember that. If what you're doing is not on your list, please keep listening to our podcast as we always talk about the good stuff that's needed for success. But getting back, If we still deny things, we do them unconsciously and it's easier than to dupe others because we're still deceiving ourselves. And this is not what you want to do in a transformation because as I said before, you need conscious and clear communicators to support your shifts. Instead of the elephant in the room, The authors speak of the elephant in the brain as the rhetoric or the story that we might tell ourselves to continue hiding our motives, mostly due to what they call interspecies competition. And here's where I'd like to tell you a story about corn, which I think might have a little bit of interspecies competition in it. In 2005, a Category 5 hurricane, I'm sure you know which one, Katrina, hit the Gulf Coast of the United States, creating massive evacuations and shutdowns of 2,900 oil rigs offshore. Fast forward to Mexico, 2007, where a new government has just been elected. President Felipe Calderon is in the driver's seat, just as the price of American corn rises by 400%. Now, corn has been a main crop for Mexico and a staple in their diet for the past 10,000 years, as well as the United States. Flatbread and tortillas are their primary source of sustenance. And when that ingredient became unaffordable, it incited what they called the tortilla riots. Everyone thought corporations were price-fixing and ranchers were hoarding corn. But Katrina's massive evacuations and shutdowns had created an issue with gasoline prices surging. They went up 40 cents a gallon in a single day in the U.S. Alternatively, Congress required that U.S. farmers grow 40% of their corn for inedible varieties that were going to be used for alternative fuel or ethanol. No one considered what this one-click impact decision would have on the Mexican farmers. I can't go into detail on the story here about the import-export markets and how they're controlled and maybe a little bit of competition interspecies, but I will tell you that the number one on the list of things we can control is how we treat other people. And I think we could have done better for our number two trade partner in corn, Mexico. Okay, so back to the book. In The Elephant in the Brain, they use the peacocks here to discuss the way humans compete to achieve. And then they talk about gossip, which they label as collective enforcement for ridding ourselves of difficult situations or people, which I found interesting, not prudent, but interesting. But I knew folks would like to hear that. It was the first positive definition I'd ever heard for this process of gossip. In business, we definitely try to control situations and people to posture, to get the results we need and want, to win. We often compete. We compete hard. While this is part of the fabric of our lives and norms for our culture, it's not necessarily healthy for our evolving race. We have an urgent responsibility to move forward in a socially acceptable manner today after many years of denial. Eric is counting on us, and I'm not sure of how we're doing. I would need to collaborate and get some metrics. Competition gets in the way of transparency honesty, integrity, and agility, all main ingredients for building a successful brand and business under the constant scrutiny of the 24-7 digital platform and engaging in CSR becomes an absolute prerequisite. Instead of discussing the power dynamic around controlling others, I'm going to share now the list of things that we can control ourselves, in our world, without encumbering anyone else's freedom or power of choice. The things you can control. Your beliefs. Your attitude. Your thoughts. Your perspective. How honest you are. Who your friends are. What books you read. And how often you exercise. The type of food that you eat. How many risks you do take. How many people you are kind to. And how you interpret situations. How kind you are to yourself. How often you say, I love you. And how often you say, thank you. How you express your feelings. Whether or not you ask for help. And how often you practice gratitude. How many times you smile in a day. The amount of effort you put forth and how you spend or invest your money, how much time you spend worrying, and how often you think about your past, whether or not you judge other people, whether or not you try again after a setback, how much you appreciate the things you have. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion today. For more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe to comment and request topics, please join our Mobile Ace community. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Imagine being a caterpillar one day and a butterfly the next. Until next time,